Recorded live. And this is episode 255 of the Michigan Sports Truth Post Game Edition on TalkShoe. I'm Taylor Phillips along with Lewis Tenor. Frank Mazner will join us in, uh, you know, momentarily or so, probably a few minutes. Um, Frank is going to chime in to talk about what transpired in the 8 nothing Tigers loss to the Seattle Mariners as the Nashville Predators hang on to beat the St. Louis Blues 4-3 in game, game one of the Central Division Finals in the Western Conference semifinals in this, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs 2017. Oilers and Ducks next from Honda Center. And no score with 11-14 ago. Ryan Kessler penalized for tripping. The Oilers are going to go for the go on the power play. Also, the Grand Rapids Griffins and the Milwaukee Admirals in the best of five series. Game three, tied at two, just over five minutes gone by in the overtime period. Matt Laredo tied the game at two with under four minutes to go. At some point, some point close to that. Tomas Nosek got the first goal for the Griffins. Bad thing about this is for the Griffins, they never had the lead in tonight's game. Looks like the Oilers are going to get penalized here. Also, we are going to preview tomorrow tomorrow night's 2017 NFL Draft. and talk about who the Lions should pick and who they will pick. Buck Gino and I talked about it on Spreaker this past Sunday night. By the way, you can like our Facebook page, The Michigan Sports Troop. Join our Facebook group, The Michigan Sports Troop. And follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips. And follow Frank underscore, Frank Vashner on Twitter at Frank underscore Vashner, V-A-J-C-N-E-R. Lewis, how are we doing tonight? Oh, we're doing good. Just putting in some final scores here, and there's been a there's been a lot of them. Yep, we'll get to those afterwards. But first off, the Tigers getting shelled by the Seattle Mariners, eight nothing. As Frank Vasner joins us here tonight. Frank, how are we doing tonight? Doing all right, thank you. Good evening, Frank. Good evening. Well, Daniel Norris didn't pitch uh, too damn well. Uh, gave up three runs, I think four. Let me see here. Four runs on nine hits through four innings. 
and change. Shane Green gave up a, a bases loaded walk, allowing in a run charge to Norris. But Green got out of it. Just just the walk and a strikeout, and that was it. Green's ERA is still at 257, but Brad Ausmus, for some reason, for some reason, for some re, for some freaking reason, warmed up Anibal Sanchez, and then he brought him in the, into the game, and and he let Sanchez finish the rest of the game. Sanchez gave up four runs, three of them earned on six hits, no walks, five strikeouts. Still, Sanchez is a run giver-upper. Still, it was a 4 nothing game when Osmus put in Anibal Sanchez, and that, that was the self-destruction trigger puller right there. And Brad Osmus, the Dartmouth dummy, Dartmouth dummy, the memo imbecile that he is, strikes again. It's almost like they just wave the white flag when they decide to put Sanchez and they're like, you know what? Fuck it, we quit. I I definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's that's usually the case with with this uh inexperienced Mimbo idiot. Brad Osmus has no Logics. He has no balls. He's uh, he's uh, not. He's he's got no continuity. He's got nothing. He's he's Princess Brat Asmus. <laughs> That's a new that. one. Yeah, it's. It's like he, he's been. He, this is what now his fourth season, then as the Tigers manager, and he still can't seem to figure stuff out. I mean, if he if he was anywhere else, he would have been fired by now. And I know I've said he needs to be fired, but the the more it happens, it just seems like the more numb I grow to. It's like same shit, different day. What else is new? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, pretty. That's uh, that's pretty much the whole story. Tigers uh, fall into a tie for second place with the Cleveland Indians, eleven and uh, wait, it's a tie, a three-way tie for first place between them, the White Sox, and the Indians. The White Sox beat the Royals five to two, and the Indians. Edge the Houston Astros seven to six, and the Tigers lose to the Mariners eight nothing. And I'll tell you, this is probably going to get some people saying, "Oh well, you know, the AL Central is a tough division. Oh, it's good now. This is still the AL Comedy Central." Yeah. Yeah, some Tigers used to own the AL Comedy Central the whole time. 
And then when the division actually becomes worth a damn, they don't. Yeah, and then um, then it finally ended with them tanking and finishing last in 2015 in the division, in the Colony Central division. And then 2016, they fall just one game short last year of the postseason in that final wild card spot. And now here we are, 2017. Oh. I, I don't know. I don't know what Chris is thinking now compared to last year. I don't know what Al Avila is uh, thinking now compa- compared to last year. I mean, somewhere there's got to be a huge disconnect. And, I mean, I know we said that the Illiches are looking to sell the team, and it's like they, they're they like, come on, somebody buy it. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Anybody seen Bueller? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I just referenced Ferris Bueller's day off. <laughs> well, well, here's one thing that, that's actually not a disconnect in this love affair triangle between Chris Illich Alavilla and Brad Osmus. They they are all one thing they have in common is loyalty. And that's ultimately what's been their undoing. Yep. And that and that loses money for Chris Illich and his family. And plus they have to have to pay taxes and team revenue. So they're losing a lot of money. First, not to mention the Red Wings missed the playoffs, and they and they missed them badly. Although they didn't tank all the way down to like the bottom two or bottom three. Yeah, and they, that loses a lot more money than the for the Yelichs. Go figure. Yeah. Do the math. Yeah, I mean it's it's at the point where it's like where I'm just like just sell both teams and get the hell out of town. It it can't happen soon enough. Yep, I know. Manny Acta, the the Mariners' third base coach, is celebrating this win, and I I can't blame Manny Acta for that. He is a. He, he's got a lot of continuity. He's got a lot of smarts, and he means business too. Yeah, he's got, he's got everything. And I, and honestly, I don't think he got a fair shake in Cleveland because I thought he was able to do more with less. Listen, he made he made the right moves. The only problem was he just they were all they just couldn't couldn't get past second place in the AL Central and. He got whacked, and and I know there's been time and time again where our good friend Jeff Moss of the Detroit Sports Rag has said he would love to have Manny act as the Tigers' manager, and I can't and he disagree. Should be. Yeah, I mean, at least get at least somebody that knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. Yep. Apologies for this. Um, yeah, there, there's all 
There are also three three option three other options: Game Kapler, Alex Cora, or Joey Cora. They also know sabermetrics as well as Manny Acta does. And um, they they've got the same they've got the same attributes as he as he. Damn it. Yeah, and you mentioned the use the use of saber metrics, and I know that I I sure hope that a lot of this fan base realizes it's a new era of baseball. You better get into it, and people are gonna. And there are people that will say, "Ah, oh, well, you have all the Oakland A's using it. They're a complete dumpster fire." Well, the Oakland A's are the exception, not the rule. I think we're offline. Oh, I think shit. we're offline. Yeah, the connection just uh, crashed. Just one minute. Just just a few minutes, actually. Um, Can you and Lewis uh, uh, start uh, start talking for a few minutes until I get back? Certainly. All right, Frank, uh, go on. Well, a little bit of this just in. Yes. Uh, the Grand Rapids Griffins defeat the Milwaukee Admirals in overtime, and they will move on to the second round of the Calder Cup playoffs as Kyle Crisquolo had the overtime game winner in Milwaukee. So the Griffins win that series three games to nothing. They will move on against an opponent to be determined. Um, is that a three out of five series or four of seven? Because I'm not too that's, familiar how uh, these... that's, that's about That's about the five. Okay, because I'm not too familiar how the format for the AHL works. I didn't know it was uh, different in comparison to the NHL. Yeah, it, it is a best. It's a best of five. I mean, it's kind of weird that they still do the best of five in the first round. And not at all. But I don't find it weird at all. Yeah, and the and the but the ECHL they still do a best of seven in the first round. And speaking of that, the Red Wings affiliate, the Toledo Walleye, they ended up winning their series in seven games. I believe it was. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember who it was against. But I know they won that series, and they will be advancing to play the. It's actually the Cal, the Kalamazoo Wings. Now I just remembered. They won that series in seven games, and they will advance to play the Fort Wayne Comets in the next round. That series will start Friday night in Toledo at the Huntington Center. So a little shout out to a couple of the affiliates of. The Detroit Red Wings, who oh, holy Toledo, actually, yeah. So, so that's a little bit of news there. Yeah, that's and East Coast I, Hockey League, correct? Yeah, yeah. Even, even though there are some, even though there are some teams that are out west now. <laughs> oh, and you ah. have, yeah, like uh, the uh, the Utah Grizzlies, the Idaho Steelheads. To name a few, used used to be there was a few California teams out there, but they actually have swapped with some AHL teams to make the AHL clubs closer to some NHL teams that are out west. Uh, I know it's going to sound like a stupid question, but why would you have West Coast teams in the East Coast Hockey League? Well, that 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 is kind of weird. But I think some of those Western teams were members of the old C, the old Colorado Hockey League, and were absorbed. I know ah. that 
I know I know this for a fact. Like the uh, the Colorado Eagles, uh, the Missouri Mavericks, and I want to say the Indy Fuel. They were absorbed in the ECHL just to add more teams in. So so there's that. And the Fuel sounds familiar. I think I've heard that team before. Yeah, and there's a, there's also a team in Alaska too, the Alaska Aces, although they are not affiliated with any a with any NHL team. What a concept to play hockey in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually actually that was where uh where a former uh or uh New Jersey Devils centerman Scott Gomez played during the last lockout. Yes. yes. Well, that's your that's your fun fact of the day. Yeah, a very worthy one too. Yeah, yeah. And Lewis, I don't know if you happen to see an article that I did happen to share. It was on a, a high school coach of the year in Michigan resigning over parents complaining. I mean, this this is something that is kind of personal to me. As someone who's a, who does work with a local high with for for a local high school team, team, and as someone who's a sports official, and I and I deal a lot with parents too. I mean, look, I get chirped all the time for calls I make, even if they're the right calls and they're butt hurt about it. But yeah, this coach is from Gladstone, Michigan, in the Upper Peninsula, and. They had their most successful season in school history, got to the regional round of the postseason tournament, and he resigned because parents were complaining too much about how things he did. Now, my my well, there were no specifics, but this, Uh. this is my belief. Parents should just keep their mouths shut and let coaches coach unless said coach is either breaking rules or being unethical to his players. That's the only time where they should speak up. Yes. Other than that, let him coach. He's pay- he's there to do a job. That's what he's paid to do. You don't pay his bills. So just sit down and let him work. If you want to sit there and watch, no problem with that, but... If you're going to yap yeah. on and complain about this, that, and the other, shut up. And I know that uh, high, a high school basketball official who I know very well is, and he's also coached baseball. Right, oh, good. Yeah, we, yeah, Taylor, we were actually just talking about that uh, high school coach of the year in Michigan who had resigned because of parents being too rude to him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, that was something uh, personal. His his parents wouldn't allow him to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I I know, I mean, I've said it before, unless a coach is breaking rules or being unethical, shut up and let him do his job. Plain and simple. Yeah, I agree. Yep. So, um, and while and while you were out, uh, the Griffins won in overtime. So oh yeah, had, 
Yeah, I said it was uh, Kyle Criscola who scored the overtime winning goal, and they will advance the next round after sweeping the Milwaukee Admirals three games to nothing. It was almost a piece of cake, but but it wasn't. Two of those two of those games went to overtime. Game one four to three. Game two five to two in regulation, and now game three three to two in overtime. Kyle Criscolo. The, the hero. So Nosek, Morito, and Criscolo, your goal scorers for the for your Grand Rapids Griffins. Well, I, I really, I guess all you can say about that is, come playoff time, there's a reason why they say it's a, everybody's all zero and zero. It's a new season, and uh-huh. what happened in the regular season doesn't hold much water. You still got to go out and out and do the job and it ain't going to be easy. But hey, they got, yeah. got the job done in round one. Oh yeah. What happens in round two? It was a hard sweep. Put it this way. Yeah. Not an easy sweep, but it's, it's a hard sweep, but a sweep nonetheless. Now yeah. Grand Rapids have to pass to await their opponent. Yeah. Yeah, is there any any idea of who that opponent could be? Oh, the Chicago Wolves. Just tweeted oh, Wolves? 12 minutes Ooh. ago from at Griffin's game day. Oh. <laughs> In the Central Division Finals. Oh, so the affiliate of the St. Louis Blues. Yep. I hear that. The, the yeah, Griffins can... have uh, have owned the Chicago Wolves this past regular season. I think that's what I heard. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see We'll see what happens. I mean, Lewis and I were talking about the, other, the Red Wings ECHL affiliate, the Toledo Walleye, and they had a hard-fought seven-game series against the Kalamazoo Wings. Things and the Walleye won that series in seven games. So, I mean, I guess... Really what you can say come playoff time, if you're a higher seed, just because you're facing a lower seed doesn't mean that you're gonna walk all over. You're gonna get no. your you gotta you gotta be ready for your opponent's best shot. Yeah, I know. Never know. Yep. Yep. So we're gonna keep our eyes open and on the, on that Griffin's Game Day Twitter handle and let you know if anything pops up, including the the starting day and time. Could be could be uh, either next either the upcoming weekend or early of next week. It's only a three game series or a or a best of or a best of uh yeah, but it's a best of best five best in the five. first round of, of the AHL. I mean, every round after yeah, that it's is... it's only a five-game series, yeah. Yeah, every round after that's a best of seven. Yep, that's true, yep. So there's that. As as I mentioned before, when we... when our When my connection 
uh, short. My connection was was uh, short circuited. Uh, Brad Osmus again put on the ball Sanchez in the game in a four nothing game. Sanchez gave up four runs, three of them earned, and that was the self destruction trigger, like I mentioned before. Also, I, I forgot to mention Brad Osmus still hitting Victor, Victor Martinez in a cleanup spot. Victor Martinez, one for three plus a walk, but still not great. Last night he got a double, too, but it, but that was it. He was one for five that night in a 19-9 win. It seems like all Victor Martinez would be good for is just play him the slow-pitch softball. Yeah, Jeff Moss, the founder and editor-in-chief of the Detroit, of the Detroit Sports Rag, on Twitter at Jeff Moss DSR, was tweeting over and over again, telling Brad Osmus to 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 put to take Victor out of the cleanup spot. Ron Clean is actually uh, logged in the logged in the chat. Hey, Ron Clean, how's it going? Um, but uh, Victor Martinez, again, one year left on his contract, but he's already aging. The Tigers have to do something with his with his contract early. They can't just complain and stay, keep complaining and say we're stuck with his contract. They they gotta have a sense of urgency. Somebody has to. Somebody in the front office has to have a sense of urgency. But yeah. yeah, then again, they still love Victor, no matter what. Because Victor used to be an offensive threat, historically. But and despite all that, the Tigers have, have still not won a World Series since the year I was born, 1984. They need they need to let Victor go, or Victor just needs to decide to retire. Yeah, he needs to retire. Definitely. Has has bad knees. He's aging. I mean that that that's not near. I mean that's not nearly debatable. Everybody everybody can see it. Yet most Tiger fans in the stands don't even care. Well, they should. Well, well, then they they're just lemmings <laughs> and sheep. Man, so, that's a... so that's that. Mm-hmm. Now, thir- thirdly, the NFL draft is coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow night at eight, right? Just a few hours after Justin Verlander and Hisashi Iwakuma duel on the mound tomorrow afternoon at one ten. Verlander better better get his ass back in shape while Iwakuma has been a threat to the Tigers' offense. There's no doubt about that. But the NFL draft, the Lions stand with the 21st, the 21st overall pick. Frank, any, anybody you got? 
I'm I'm definitely wanting them to go defense. I mean, I think they they can't go wrong if they go defensive line. I've heard Taco Charlton out of Michigan. I think he'd be great playing opposite of Ziggy Ansah. I mean, linebackers. I've heard Hassan Reddick. I've heard uh, maybe uh, Reuben Foster could potentially fall to them. Uh, if they go... I've heard Jared Davis even. Uh, there's a couple. Of, uh, there's a couple of cornerbacks. I think Marlon Humphrey from Alabama could be a possibility. To play opposite of Darius Slay. I'm. I've even heard people say, "Oh, they should draft Corey Davis." No, 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 no. There's. Wide receiver is fairly deep in this draft. You could probably grab somebody in the later rounds. I don't think Lions already have wide receivers. Yeah, uh, yeah, they don't. They don't. I mean, I'm sure Bob Quinn and isn't Matt isn't going to think like Matt Millen because look, I've said Bob Quinn gets it as GM. Now, I know some. I know some have mentioned, including Ed Smith, that they should consider taking Jabril Peppers. Now. Uh, that's something I worry about because I don't think Peppers is. That was like a couple of weeks before Peppers was tested positive. Uh, Peppers tested positive for that diluted substance. Well, is that correct? Uh, yeah, that, yeah. I think that was when we were doing our uh, a show on Spreaker. He he had mentioned it, but my my belief is, I I Peppers I think is is good, but. I think he'd be better suited if he was drafted by a team like New England or or even Denver, a team that's got uh, veterans on defense. You bring Peppers in and let somebody who knows the game just be a mentor to him and help him on areas he needs to improve on. That's that's what I think. I mean, if if he's I mean, if the Lions if he somehow falls to the second or third round and he's still available and the Lions want to take him. I I'd be okay with that, but I don't think he's worth spending the first round pick on at this point. And as for the diluted sample, I know he claims that he drank a lot of water because of cramping. I did consult with an independent physician and asked him if drinking excess amounts of water can dilute your urine, and he said yes, it can. I have also consulted with with some drug testing experts, and they have said that if you smoke weed, water alone does not completely clean your system out. So, does this does this prove be does this prove that he took an illegal substance or anything? No, it does not prove anything beyond a reasonable doubt. But I think everybody knows that in the NFL words like innocent until proven guilty and beyond a reasonable doubt. Do not matter. Uh, I always wanted you to say those things on the air. I, I've been waiting for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you were seeing them in comments, and Dennis Gus kicked, kicked all all of that to the curb and called you a hater. And I had to kick him off our group and oh. and block him personally because. Um, he couldn't. He couldn't even admit anything. Yeah, he's just a typical I mean, Michigan fan. 
Well, look, I mean, look, I, you, you, I mean, I've admitted before, I, I'm a Michigan State fan, but a situation like this, I was merely acting as the role of a journalist. I wasn't trying to smear peppers or anything, even though I believed that he was somewhat overhyped. I was, I said, look, I just want to make sure I get everything straight on this and accurate and fair and make sure I don't say something that I can't take back. I don't was did I did I once accuse him of smoking weed or doing drugs? Oh. No. I did not because I do not know the hat. I have not seen him do that. There is no indisputable evidence that he did that. I mean, it's really all speculation. But, like I said, the NFL does not give a damn about words like beyond a reasonable doubt and innocent until proven guilty. See Tom Brady. There you go. Those are your details, folks. What I want for the Lions to draft is uh, either a cornerback or a safety or defensive defensive end because their secondary their secondary defense still needs help. I understand they got DJ Hayden. They still have Glover Quinn and Darius Slay, but uh, and Nevin. Uh, I think they let go. Of, did they let Did they let go of uh, Nevin Lawson? I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I maybe not, but but the point is their secondary defense has been has been awful still over the years. That that's that's been my biggest concern with the Lions as I watch them year after year, game after game. Lions The Lions' secondary defense just leaves every leaves almost every wide receiver opposing wide receiver wide open, and they make the catch for first downs. Drives me fucking crazy because it's gonna because it's gonna keep proving them costly of points and games. That's the that's how I state the Lions are still the same old Lions. I mean, I I can't I can't really disagree with you there. Um, but the thing is, I think they're in the process of doing everything they can to lose that same old Lions mantra. Because for one, right, Bob Bob Quinn is the opposite of Matt Millen. Because I, I've said, I mean, I've said time and time again. Quinn is someone who gets it as a GM. He knows how to build a team the right way. As evidenced in last year's draft and in free agency, he says, we got to build up our offensive line. What does he do last year? Takes Taylor Decker in the first round of the NFL draft, and free agency goes out and gets Ricky Wagner and TJ Lang. I mean, that those results speak for themselves. I mean, he's not saying like some – Average offensive lineman. He's bringing in good guys. He see he sees a need. He does what he can do to meet that need. Yep, and hopefully he'll address the wider, he'll address the secondary defense issues. 
in the draft. And maybe either that or or they uh go back to free agency again and uh, try to try to fill some holes in that department in this over the summer. Yeah. So, tomorrow night at 8 on ESPN, the 2017 NFL Draft. Tune in, folks. I believe that is all the material that that we needed to cover for tonight. We recapped the Tigers. We, uh, we covered the Griffins. Even though our, our connection, my connection crashed, um, we were able to... Uh, mentioned the Griffins beating the Admirals in overtime 3-2 to two on the air here on this podcast episode on TalkShoe. And we previewed the NFL draft and, and what the Lions should do. Yep. And that, that'll probably do it for me as I got a Long day tomorrow with work, so mm-hmm. yep. you, gentlemen, you gentlemen have a good night. I will probably yep. talk to you during. Thanks very much. And thanks very much for chiming in, Frank. Thanks, Frank. Hey, no problem. Yep. Good night, guys. Right. You can follow Frank Vasner on Twitter at Frank underscore Vasner, and Adam has a friend on Facebook, as he also uh, partially runs our Michigan Sports Truth Facebook page, and jo- and our Facebook group as well, the Michigan Sports Truth. So, with that, we will now turn it over to Lewis Tenor for the scores, standings, and headlines. Lewis, take it away. All right, and away we go. Uh, both NBA games are done for the night. The Withers uh, take take command of the Hawks, one of three ninety nine. Dennis Schroeder had twenty nine points, eleven assists, and one rebound. John Wall a double double with twenty points. 14 assists and 6 rebounds, and take a 3-2 lead in the series. In the early game, actually the uh, later the game happened about just about half an hour ago, the Celtics over the Bulls, 108-97. Dwayne Wade, 26 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. Al Harper, 21 points, 9 assists, and 7 rebounds, and also take a 3-2 game series lead. Hmm. I knew with Rondo out, their forces are going to turn around, and it looks like I was right. I know. Why be presumptuous? All right. So now over to the NHL. Uh, one game was complete. The Predators over the St. Louis Blues, 4-3, to three, and take a one-game, one-game nothing lead in the series. And right now, Edmonton and the Oilers are scoreless at the end of one. Uh, just a second while I get the scoring summary of the Nashville-St. Louis game. Ah, here we go. Ah, there we go. As we... Okay. Oh, this team is Silent Bob on NBCSN in Anaheim. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh Actually, that's a collapse. So that was a joke. Oh. <laughs> Kevin Smith and his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Wilson, Subbin, and Forsberg. Uh, score, score for Nashville. And 
Perienko and Schwartz and Stobica score for St. Louis. Oh, Fiddler for the Yahoos as well. Everybody's calling the Predators. I call them the Yahoos. All right, so now we go on to the Diamond. Give me a second here. All right, MLB, and away we go. And the scoreboard goes this way. A game that just ended about five minutes ago. Uh, wait, we're not there yet. Rangers now lead Texas 14-3 in the top of the ninth. Uh, nobody on, one out. Keela is batting and Rosa, pitching, and Rosario is batting. In the bottom of the eighth, the Nationals are having a field day with the Rockies, 11-2. to uh, One out, nobody on. Uh, Terrenian is bat- pitching, and Gonzalez is up at bat. At the end of five, Diamondbacks lead the Padres, 5-2. to two. Uh, Renfo, Hedges, and Abier, Abar are due up. In the top of the fourth, the Angels lead the Athletics three to two, one on for our first, and what? Whoops, uh, that's just ended. Um, and the Ducks, and the Ducks scored just thirty-seven seconds in. They lead the Edmonton Oilers one nothing. Ryan Getzlaff with that wicked wrister puts them on the board. You turn the game off for one second, and something happens. Of course, Montez was pitching, and Maven. Is at bat. We got a good one here. Dodgers lead the Giants three nothing in the, going into the bottom of the sixth. Dubs, Cuto, uh, and Pence are batting, and there's they're working on a no hitter right now. Ooh, stick around. I better not say anything more about that because I might jinx it, as I did in the Yankees home opener. Brewers over the Reds nine to four. Uh, yes, uh, Petrillo was the winner and Davis was the loser. White Sox over Royals 5-2. to two. Quintea was the winner. Carnes was the loss, was the loser, and Robertson with the save. Indians as the Astros 7-6. Bauer was the winning pitcher. McCullen Jr. was the loser, and Allen with the save. Yankees over the Dead Sox. I mean, Red Sox 3-1. to one. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, Serviano was the winner, Porcello was the loser, and Chapman got the save. For once, he did something right. Uh, this just in. This was what I was trying to say earlier. Orioles edged the Rays 5-4 in 11. Asher was the winner, and Cologne was the loser. Phillies over the Marlins 7-4. Rascalas Basquales was the winning pitcher, and Chen was the loser. Pirates edged the Cubs 6-5. LeBlanc, LeBlanc was the winner. Lester was the loser, and Watson with the save. It was not elementary, Watson. Oh, sorry. Mariners crushed the Tigers 8-0. Paxson was the winner, and Norris was the loser. And finally, Braves had no trouble with the Mets 8-2. Tehran was the winner in gold. Uh, yeah, Gesslin was the loser. And Blue Jays and Cardinals were postponed 
due to rain. All right, so when we go to the standings, before we go to the news, with that win, Baltimore is now 14-6, have a game and a half lead over the Yankees, 12-7. Uh, Boston is 11-9, three back. Rays are 11-12, four and a half back, and the Blue Jays are 6-14, and 14, eight back already. Wow. All right, we've got a log jam here in the Central Division. Uh, the Tigers, the Indians, and the White Sox are all 11-9. Wow. Yep, Twins. that's jail, jail specs. But yeah. by those M's and the White Sox and Indians won. Fuck you, Brad Osmus, or Princess Brad Asmus. Continue. So we got a log jam already in this, in this part of the season. Twins are 10-10. One game back, and the Royals, 7-14, four-and-a-half back. In the West, the Astros are 14-7, have a three-and-a-half game lead over Oakland already, 10-10. Angels are four-and-a-half back at 10-12. Rangers are 9-12 at five back, and the Mariners are 9-13, five-and-a-half back. All right. Nationals are rolling along at 14-6, have a three-and-a-half game lead over Philadelphia at 10-9. Also with the Marlins, also 10-9. I got some interesting news about them coming up. The Mets are 8-12, six-back, and the Braves are 7-12, six-and-a-half-back. I'm sorry, Mets are 8-12. That's better. They were expected to be contenders this year, and so far... They're showing no signs of being a contender, more of a free tender. Oof. In the Central, Cubs have a tw- are now 12 and 9, have a one game lead over the Brewers at 12 and 11. Reds, 10 and 12, 2 and a half. Uh, Cardinals are 9 and 11, also 2 and a half. And the Pirates are 9 and 12, 3 back. And in the West, oops, let's try this again. As it got away from me. Yep. All right, here we go. The West, the Rockies are 14-7, just a half-game lead over over the Dynamax at 14-8. Dodgers, 10-11, four-back. Pad, uh, Padres are 8-14 at six-and-a-half-back, and the Giants are 7-14, seven-back. This is ugly. All right. So now let's go on to today's news as soon as I can get to the headline here. Ah, big story of the day here. ESPN lays off as many as 100 employees as part of what I call a massive overhaul for the network. Uh, the big names are the sports center anchorman Jay Crawford, TV analyst Trent Dilfer, and Danny Cannell. Also getting cut to the list are NFL reporters Ed uh Werner, MLB reporter Jason Stark, and a slew of others, including Hannah Storm and Carl Ravage, who have also been given reduced time. As I said, as many as 100 are expected to be laid off. Wow. Anybody want a job at ESPN? I guess positions are available. Uh, continuing on. I got more notes here. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah, here we go. 
All right. Um, Rockets owner Leslie Alexander fined $100,000 a day after yelling at a referee in the final second of the first quarter. Uh, referee is Bill Kennedy. He stood watching a play, and then Alexander got up from his seat and went over to the table of the national TV broadcast. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon tried to grab Alexander's arm, but kept walking. Alexander stood behind Kennedy for five seconds before walking away. It appeared that Alexander complained about a call that was made that he did not like before he sat back down. Cleveland Clowns, I mean Browns owner, uh, Browns left tackle rather, Joe Thomas said in an interview that he was beginning to experience memory loss, but did not say for sure if it was playing football was a direct result. When asked, when he was asked what type of memory loss, Thomas said it was more of the short-term um, measure. Well, that's that's easy to understand. Uh, he was drafted third in the 2007 draft and never missed a snap and said he's willing to take whatever risk come while, dur- while during his playing the game. Because as we all know, that playing football does resolve in a lot of risk in head, in head trauma. <laughs> Doesn't take a genius to figure that out, folks. All right. Um, there were rumors surrounding today that Rajon Rondo was going to play in Game 5. Well, now it has been confirmed that he would not play in Game 5 as he's not being because of the injury was a torn ligament, but has now switched from a cast to a soft splint and took him much of yesterday's practice. Um, and it is doubtful pretty much now that he will not return for Game 6. Hawks and Raiders agree to to a trade that will allow Marshawn Lynch to play for Oakland. Oh, joy. Um, Lynch and the Raiders agree to the trade that will play for Lynch and Harris have a two-year deal in place, and he's expected to be at the team's training site for a physical uh, earlier today. Um Raiders will finalize the deal once his physical is passed, which it should have no problem whatsoever. Vikings not likely to pick up quarterback Teddy Bridgewater's fifth-year option uh, before the May 2nd deadline. He could still be signed by the Vikings, uh, re-signed rather, but not willing to guarantee his 2018 salary for at least $11 million for injury. He is trying to make it back from a catastrophic knee injury that ended other players' careers. All right, now for the other story of the day. Uh, Blue Jays' Chris Conklin avoids home tag with an acrobatic head-first dive for Yadier Molina. you got to see this to believe it. The Blue Jays' first baseman, was off first base when Kevin Pillar hit a soaring drive into right field. Uh, Stephen Frascati collected the throw, beating Coughlin easily. However, uh, Molina was hunched over, securing the ball. Coughlin jumped over head first as Molina began to stand up. Coughlin flicked 
his right arm and right shoulder and shoulder hitting the plate before he came down, well before, excuse me, yeah, well before, uh, before Molina had a chance to tag him. And that is one for the highlight reel. Derek Jeter and Jeb Bush reportedly have an agreement to buy the Miami Marlins after submitting a $1.3 billion, that's billion with a B, dollar bid, According to reports that Marlins, by Marlins owner Jeffrey I, uh, Loria uh, reached an agreement to sell the Marlins after the bid was won by the Bush and Jeter group ahead of other potential buyers. Though MLB Commissioner Rob Manford said the league has not accepted the bid, noted the kind of financial structure the league has been looking for. I mentioned uh, runners come back. We'll have to wait. It was scheduled for game five, but he scheduled a private workout session last night um, to test his fractured right thumb and right wrist. A decision was made on that earlier today. Hmm. The Oilers have a five-on-three power play. They had they started it with 55 seconds left in the five-on-three. Now they have 30 seconds left. A shot went off of uh, off of Gibson's mask and off the right post, and it stayed out. Hmm. And then he made the save. Right. Um, a few late scores from last night here. Um, Angels were over Oakland two to one in eleven innings. It was nothing, nothing when we were still on the air. <laughs> Uh, Dodgers and the Giants, two to one, and the Blue Jays were over the Cardinals in eleven innings, six to five. Um, I, let's check a few more of the baseball scores in progress. See if anything else is in it yet. Ah, there we go. Uh, Cubs first. Cubs first baseman Anthony Rizzo gave. One just enough pop to send it past right field in the eighth inning for his fifth homer of the season. Congratulations. Right now in the bottom of the eighth, the Nationals lead the Rockies now 11-3, two out with a runner on second up. That just ended. It's now top of the ninth. It is now 11-4. Nationals over Rockies. McGee is pitching, and Ditto is up at bat. Bottom of the sixth, the Padres, uh, the Diamondbacks, the Padres now five to three, with uh, one out. The Orioles just tied at one. Ah, on the five on three. Okay, with uh, now it's two out, and nobody on. Torres is pitching, and Goldschmidt is coming to bat. Angels are leading the Athletics three to two. Uh, nobody, uh, nobody on. Two out. Schumacher is pitching, and Healy is coming to bat. Uh, you can forget about that no hitter. The Giants just got a hit with a runner on first. It's on the end of six, but the Dodgers still lead Giants three nothing. Bellinger, Sager, and Turner are coming to bat. They knew it was going to jinx it. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. And everything else, I believe, is a final. Let me check that. 
Yes, all the games are considered now a final. Right. Right. Okay, just a quick check to see if I missed anything else. Probably didn't. Ryan, Ryan Gislav uh, on the on that, on that last faceoff prior to the Oilers' goal was snapped in two, and that's why the Oilers um, took advantage. Hmm. Okay, you know, I think my uh, notes are done, so I'll just uh, turn back over to you. All right, that's going to do it for episode 255 of the Michigan Sports Truth Posting Edition on TalkShoe. We'll, we'll have a post game at um, well episode two fifty six of the posting edition is going to be sometime after the, after the Tiger game. The Tigers and Mariners play play at one ten, and then they got the NFL draft at eight on ESPN. I'm I'm kind of uh, in the thick of thing in the thick of two decisions here two choices, whether to start the uh, post-game right after the Tigers game or start the you know, I can I can start a post-game right right after the game right after the Tigers game and then and, and then do the special report Uh, at eleven, at eleven thirty, on Blog uh, Talk Radio. All right. So I guess it's about uh, four thirty. Or we'll start the uh, post game. Maybe either four thirty or five o'clock. We'll have to see. We'll have to keep our eyes open here. All right. So that's gonna. So, episode 256, possibly at 5 o'clock. Until then, for Louis Tenor, Frank Vazner, I'm Taylor Phillips. Again, follow Frank Vazner on Twitter at Frank underscore Vazner, V-A-J-C-N-E-R. Follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips. Like the Michigan Sports Truth Facebook page and join its Facebook group. TTFN, ta-ta for now. Bon appetit. Good night, everybody.